temptation, salvation, redemption. All that and more on today's episode of the Backwood Baptist Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Backwood Baptist Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Dunlap. I pray that everybody's had a good week, and I know it's been a very good week for us, and looking forward to see what the rest of the week has for us. Uh, I want to apologize first and foremost for the delay in this episode. Uh, I've had some technical difficulties getting the uh, systems to run correctly and and all sorts of different things, but we all know it's just the devil getting in the way of having God's word spread you know, throughout um, different avenues. So I kind of want to start off with a couple of stories here. So last Wednesday night, uh, got to bed, you know, pretty late that night, about midnight or so. And I had to be up at three 30 the next morning. So I knew that was going to be kind of a struggle for me. So when I went to bed, you know, I said my prayers and, and one of the things I asked God for is, is to kind of help me wake up in the morning for work. And, uh, so I went to bed, like I said, around midnight and about two 30 that morning, we started getting phone calls from, you know, various members of our family telling us, Hey, y'all need to, y'all need to get to a shelter. There's tornado watch, tornado warnings in the area. And, and it's headed right in y'all's direction. So of course, you know, my wife gets up and, and of course she's terrified of storms and, uh, I'm not, doesn't bother me one bit. And she's like, you know, we got to get up. We got to go to the shelter. We got to go to the shelter. And I said, you know what? Just let me lay here. Let me go to sleep. If God wants to take me out, he'll take me out. If he wants to spare me, he'll spare me. But we ended up getting up and, and going to the shelter. So then again, this past Sunday night, same situation. I went to bed a little late, had to get up really early, did the same thing. Lord, please just help me wake up in the morning. Uh, once again, didn't have to be up till 3.30. And at about 2.30, 2.24 to be exact, uh, my brother calls me. And I thought it was one of my alarms. So, you know, I just kind of silenced it, rolled back over and, I kept thinking, man, I, I really need to go ahead and get up. So I rolled back over, got up, started getting ready for work, and I looked at my phone. It was 2.30. I thought, well, that's weird. My alarms aren't set for 3.30. So I went through my recent calls, and sure enough, it was my brother. Uh, he is actually in Paris right now. And um, so, you know, of course, first thought comes to mind, hey, something's wrong. So I tried to call him back, didn't get him. Long story short, uh, there were some phone issues, and, <laughs> and he said can you call one of your Verizon buddies and see if they can help me out real quick? And my response to him was, brother, it is 2.30 in the morning. I'm not calling any of my Verizon buddies. So the moral of these stories is if you ask God for something, he's going to give it to you. may not be the way you want it, but he'll answer that prayer. Maybe in his time, but he's going to answer it. So let's go ahead and, uh, and, and dig in to... Uh, this episode. So temptation. Well, what is temptation? So Webster's di- Dictionary actually defines temptation as the act of tempting or the state of being tempted, especially to evil. So Christians and, and even non-believers were all tempted on a regular basis. As Christians, we are always in the devil's crosshairs. He's always waiting for that right time to attack us. You know, when everything's starting to go really good, you know, that's that's when the major attacks are going to start coming. You know, there was there was this guy one time that he was he was extremely addicted to porn. Um, you know, he he 
every night when his wife would go to bed, that's what he did. He'd get up, he'd go to the computer room, and he'd just sit there and, and watch all that kind of filth. And, you know, years went on. This man actually got saved and uh, started living his life for God. I mean, really, really, really on fire for God. And and one day he, he had got home from work, and there was some stuff he had to do on the computer, and, and he pulls up his computer, and there's some ads. This ad pops up for pornography. And, and of course, you know, that addiction comes back, and the temptation's there for him to open up that ad and go to that website. But he fought the temptation. He got up from the computer, unplugs it, takes it outside, and beats it to pieces with a baseball bat. So he resisted that temptation. Through his conviction, through Christ, he resisted that temptation. You know, and there's there's actually a lot of people that don't know that Jesus was actually tempted by the devil as well. In Matthew 4, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things I will give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So, during this time, this was this was actually right after uh, the public baptism uh, of Jesus. So, you know, he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness, which is referring to the elevation of the Judean wilderness. Um, you know, the historical setting of, of the temptation, which was directed against Jesus' human nature, indicates that this was actually a literal experience, which he really conquered, not merely just a, a mental victory over over his own thoughts that jesus was tempted of the devil that's clearly a presented fact the attack against christ's humanity it was a genuine temptation that that really i mean it'd be hard for any ordinary man to overcome that you know but however jesus he wasn't a, an ordinary man you know virgin born he was god's man his divine nature could not sin and this held his, his human nature in check. You know, and, and some people have actually objected that the impeccability of Christ, you know, that he was not able to, to sin, actually denies the reality of Satan's temptation, temptation which, you know, that's, it's meaningless um, 
when when you remember that Satan's rebellion against God had already been defeated in Christ's atonement. But his rebellion, nevertheless, is real. Even though the outcome of God's victory is certain, the same is true of the temptation of Christ. You know, it's just like if, if you take a canoe and attack a battleship, well, you're not going to win in a canoe against a battleship, but that fight is, in fact, real. So let's go back into the into the scripture. So it says Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, which is truly a remarkable feat of, of human endurance. I mean, that's indicating the physical strength of, of Jesus, which was a former car- carpenter, which, while the three major tests followed this period, other tests evidently had occurred throughout the 40 days, uh, which was revealed in Luke 4.2. You know, his real physical hunger serves as the setting for the first temptation by Satan, uh, which the conditional clause, if thou be the son of God, indicates Matthew's purpose for including this record of Jesus' victory. It proves that he is, in fact, the son of God. So the victory in each aspect of the temptation is related to Jesus' use of scripture. It is written, first he quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You see, the source of bread is more important than, than the bread itself. You know, later Jesus would say, I have meat to eat that ye know not of, which John four thirty two. His source of strength was obedience to God's will. And, and he wouldn't even work a miracle to avoid personal suffering when, when such suffering was, was a part of God's purpose for him anyways. Now, the second temptation that took place in the holy city of Jerusalem on the pinnacle of the temple, which towered above the Kidron Valley, which evidently Jesus was transported there by Satan's power. And this time the devil quoted scripture out of context in order to get him to sin and ultimately to shake, uh, shake his faith in the word. So Satan used Psalm 91, 11 and 12, urging Jesus to cast thyself down. Which, of course, Jesus replied with scripture again, uh, Deuteronomy 6.16, that he was not to tempt God, uh, you know, by such a presumptuous action. The very passage of scripture quoted by Satan actually goes on to promise God's ultimate victory over him, uh, over Satan. Now, the third temptation, now that takes place on an exceeding high mountain. Now, the, the mountain is, is real in the text but its exact location is really unknown. But despite the, the grandeur of that temptation, nothing in the passage itself indicates that these temptations, um, they were only, you know, in the mind of Christ. Clearly, they are depicted as real experiences that actually occurred in the human life of Jesus. Um, but the fact that Satan would attempt to give kingdoms of the world to Jesus the rightful king, I mean, that's just, it's absurd. It's crazy. And then for Christ to fall down and worship Satan, that would have been to acknowledge the devil's lordship over him. But in his uh, direct rebuke, get thee hence Satan, Jesus clearly asserts his lordship over the serpent, whose head he will soon crush. Uh, Matthew's statement that Satan leaveth him shows that this uh, that his order of the temptations 
is actually in, in chronological order. So let's go ahead and, and move on, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in, a, in another episode. Let's, let's go to salvation. So Webster's Dictionary defines salvation as the redemption of man from the bondage of sin and liability to eternal death and that conferring on him of everlasting happiness. So Second Timothy, um, and uh, it's going to be chapter 1, verse 7, uh, says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed that the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So, in this scripture, Paul is urging Timothy to to stir up the gift of God. You know, keep keep the flame going. Um, and by putting on of my hands, this refers to Timothy's ordination. Um, you know, the gift was given by God at Timothy's conversion and officially recognized at his ordination. Power is the ability to accomplish whatever he wills us to accomplish. Love, it's a volatile love a sound mind is a disciplined mind the testimony of our lord refers to the gospel that that paul actually preached me his prisoner that indicates that although paul is actually a prisoner in a dungeon cell in rome he regards himself there in the directive will of god he is really god's prisoner and rome is merely god's agent to put him where god wants him uh, who hath saved us, refers to the ultimate effect, our salvation. And called us with a holy calling, looks at the means by which our salvation was effected. Uh, his own purpose and grace was given us. That indicates our salvation was totally unmerited. I mean, think, are, are we truly worthy of Christ's salvation for us? Abolished death, uh, which... That's, you know, having rendered death ineffective. You know, by, by Christ's death, he reversed the curse of sin and brought life and immortality, which is guaranteed by his resurrection. So the other other scripture that, that kind of ties into this is, is actually First um, John chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. And it says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record that God, God hath gave, given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That verse right there, he that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son hath not life. 
So the only way to receive true salvation is through Christ Jesus. He bled and died for mine and your sins so that we could have that salvation. And then we get into redemption. So redemption is defined as the act, process, or an instance of redeeming. So let's talk about redeeming real quick, redeeming things. So I've got these uh, these cool little rewards or tokens, so to speak, from, from my cell phone company every time I spend X amount of dollars on my bill, um, which I get them pretty frequently because we have a high bill, but that's beside the point. Uh, I can actually redeem these, these points or tokens for pretty cool stuff like money towards another phone, gift cards, tickets to concerts, etc., etc. But I pay a price to get that reward. Every person is a slave to sin. And only through the price Jesus paid on the cross is a sinful person redeemed from sin and death. And every person is in need of redemption. Why? Well, because every person has sinned. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then verse 24 says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. Redemption provides tons of benefits. Eternal life, forgiveness of sin, a right and true relationship with God, peace with God, the Holy Spirit to live within you, and an adoption into God's family. You know, Titus, 20, uh, Titus 2, 13 and 14 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God or Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. When we are redeemed, we become such different people. We, be we become citizens of God's kingdom. And as Christians, we've got to live with an anticipation of our internal home with God. I mean, think about it. You, <laughs> if you're a Christian and you've truly repented for your sins, when you die, you've got that mansion up on a hill. And you'll be seated at the right hand of God. That concludes today's episode. You know, as always, thank you so much for listening. You know, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, you know, we try to get this out to as many people as possible. Uh, and, and we can only do that through, through your guys' help. You know, I hope every single one of you have a blessed weekend. And I hope you tune in for the next episode of the Backwood Baptist Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,